you have fully vacant units on your property that you have mothballed until next semester? If you do, I bet you've thought to yourself, we should list those on Airbnb for game day weekends or for parents visiting their kids. Maybe you're in a college town like Austin or Raleigh or Tallahassee, and your city has large festivals and not enough hotel rooms. You know you could lease those units on a nightly or a weekly basis. Providing short-term rentals on platforms like Airbnb can provide a great source of ancillary income. But it takes some, uh, all right, excuse me, it takes a lot of organization. There's the additional setup of providing linens and coffee makers and all the little things that a short-term tenant will expect. Then there's the regulatory and tax issues that could require additional work. More importantly, there's the time and labor to market on all the multiple platforms, handle the reservations and cancellations, the cleaning, and then there's the bookkeeping. All of this turns into a big distraction from the main job at hand, which is operating and leasing your property. That's where Vector Travel comes in. These guys know the short-term rental industry and they know how to relieve all of those burdens from the property manager. And best of all, they've become experts in how to do that with student properties. They understand the complexity of mixing travelers with college students. They know it so well, they can quickly identify if a student property is not going to be a good fit for their program. So if you have vacant units, reach out to Vector Travel and have them do a free, no obligation assessment to determine if enrolling your vacant units in their program will be beneficial. Go to VectorStays.com forward slash SHI. Fill out a quick form to receive more information. You will also get the first month service fee waived by going to that specific landing page. Again, that's VectorStays.com forward slash SHI. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and joining me today is the wonderful and awe-inspiring Willie Butler. How are you doing, What's man? What's going on, Wes? I'm doing well, man. Happy to be here. We should start normalizing TGIM, man. Uh, thank God it's Monday. Excited to be here, excited to be talking to you, and excited to discuss the topics that we have and the profile that we're going to be discussing today. So a lot of amazing, exciting things. Um, let's get it going. Yeah. So, yeah, as you mentioned, this is um, this is actually number three in our profile series. It's might be a little bit different. We did uh, in, in our first one, we did Julie Bonin, you know, which is uh, former boss to <laughs> to yeah, you, yes, um, indeed. We were at Asset and love Julie. Just a, yeah, just a, a fantastic woman that is uh, you know has really kind of authored a lot of stuff in this industry and. Absolutely. Um, if you if you miss that one, make sure that you go back and listen to that one, and then also go back and listen to the one last month with Miles Orth at Campus Apartments. Miles is is someone like myself who's kind of grown up in this industry, and we had um, a, a great conversation just about you know looking at kind of the different generations within student housing and, and the players that have been involved and his journey and and kind of intersection with all of that. It, it was it was really cool, and if you're new to student housing, you want to kind of find out how this industry began. That's a great one to go back and, and listen to. And then uh, this month, we're changing things up a little bit different. There's a there's a new player, a new kid on the block 
called Tailwind Group out of Minnesota, and they entered the top 25 this year. I've been keeping up with these guys, and so have you, you know, for the past couple of years. Absolutely. And it's, it's been amazing to, to see their growth and uh, just, you know, kind of their, their take on things because it's all been very organic and can't wait to, to jump into that. But Brandon Smith, um, their VP of operations, is who we're profiling today. And can't wait for for folks to to listen to that because he's got a fantastic team he's built. They've been really busy on the acquisition side and and making some some strong moves. And yeah, looking forward to to playing that for everybody. But yeah, I wanted to bring you on one because you you know you've got a little bit of background with with Brandon and Tailwind. Not only are you out doing your Empower Property Management Consulting thing, which is, is going strong. I've I've used you this year and at one property at the beginning of the season and did some amazing things for us. We'll talk about that in a minute, but then, you know, it, you're also, you're one of these inspiring guys. And <laughs> it's, it's crazy how you're inspiring this, this, a lot of the the leaders and, and players in this industry. And yeah, Tailwind actually invited you out, I don't know, a year or so ago to, to help with one of their events that they were doing for their employees. And, so, so you're familiar with this group. That's one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on. And absolutely, then, yeah. And then also, man, it is at the time of this recording. It is March 14th. <laughs> we are in the the throes of ending up, uh, wrapping up another leasing season. And you're, you know, and power is all around, you know, uh, all around this country, trying to help people out with, with finishing up their their lease ups and. Really, just wanted to you know kind of touch base with you and see how see how things are going. So let's let's start there. How's how's the leasing season been so far? And you know what are you hearing out there? Man, uh, man, it's been busy. Uh, the leasing season has been busy, and it typically is. Whenever we come in, and you know when it's hard to get on get me on the phone, Wes, it's it's typically because you know we're at a couple assignments and there's a bunch of fires that we got to put out. So whether it's um, whether we're out in Washington or Texas or West Virginia or, you know, Kansas, wherever the case may be, wherever I am physically, typically I'm divided everywhere. Right. So, I mean, it's things have been great. I, I want to say great loosely because whenever people call me, it's, it's usually because there's a little bit of a hiccup in the way of leasing. Right. They, they need a push to accelerate their leasing velocity or just some support. Maybe it's a lack of, you know, personnel or, you know, maybe there's maybe there's just whatever there's a goal that they need to accomplish, um, they know that Empower PMC can come in and help accelerate that leasing. So it's, it's, it's when humbling. Someone needs, when someone needs an invent, Avenger to come in there and we save go. the day. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Oh, we, we come in and we do what we do. I always like to tell people we're, we're really good, but we're not God, right? If there's still a market and there's still people out there that we can, that we can attract, I mean, we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to sign the leases, but as you said, as you foreshadowed, right? This is this is that time, right? Um, people start pressing the panic buttons. They don't know if they're going to hit their leasing velocity or hit their goals by the end of the year. Our phones are ringing off the hook. But you and I are both passionate about this point, right? It's you know, had we had this conversation maybe about three months ago, right? Um, yeah. Training your staff or starting off the leasing season um, this way, so that your staff is onboarded, they're ready to go, they have the necessary skills, the confidence, and the ability to be able to accomplish these goals right long after our you know our stay is done they would be a lot better off 
around this time come March, right? We wouldn't be panicking, but yeah, I mean, let me let me just tell everybody out there. So, so I don't know. We've known each other for what three or four years now. Yep, absolutely. It is typically this time of the year you're calling me up and and saying, "Hey, Wes, what do you know about this market? What do you know about this market?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, all of that's coming from you're getting phone calls from folks, and and so you know, as much as I love having those conversations with you, it, it's one of those things when I get off the phone, I shake my hand because or shake my head because it's like. Why are these ownership groups and operators reaching out this late in the game? Like, I get it. At least it's not, you know, at the end of May or you know, the beginning of June, because that oh, really you'd be surprised. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I know. But <laughs> it's it's one of the, and you know, I've I've been brought into situations like that before. You know, where you know someone calls me up from a consulting standpoint and says. We, we're not we're not waiting any longer. We've got to do something. You know, is there something you can come in and and help us with? And you know, typically you're part of that solution mm -hmm. <laughs> that that I, that I advise on. But it, it just you know, this year, like I mentioned earlier, I, I used you for a project earlier this year, and you know, we we were having the conversation this time last year of. Hey Willie, I think we're probably going to use you in this market. I don't know for sure, but it's going to be vitally important that you know because we had an upcoming sell and everything else. It's going to be vitally important that we're putting everything on the table and making sure that that we're getting things leased up. And you know, sure enough, you know we're bringing you in in September and finishing out you know the rest of the or the, the beginning of the leasing season or finishing out the the spring semester and that process is just way more smooth and sets the property up for more success because here's you know there's a couple of things that that you can you know that you help properties out with you know one it can be that hey we don't have, you know hiring people especially trained people is, is is a tough thing to do right now and if you've got a new lease up you know, to go out, find that person, try to get them trained and, and then put everything into them. Or, you know, do you call a group like empower and, you know, bring that group in and, and let them just take over the, the lease up process, you know, on a, on a new build. And that's been something that, you know, I think you guys have, have kind of really got your, your niche with. And I think that's something that, you know, you really, enjoy doing because there's so so much impact that you can have with that at a property the one that you went on it it was it delivered in 2020 but it had a two-year master lease on it and so yeah. we were going into basically what was the first lease up right and we just you know same kind of issue management company was having a tough time hiring leasing agents and we just you know we wanted to make sure we hit the ground running and brought you guys in and and sure enough we you know we hit on all the things that that we said we wanted to hit on and um for that client we were able to uh sell that property back in back in december and uh and, and yeah everybody's happy so uh, but but the key thing is when it comes to bringing you in early that way especially on a property that's let's call it stabilized or you know at least it has a leasing staff there you know what what happens when you're able to come in 
in that fall semester period and, and kind of kick things off, it takes a little bit of the pressure off of, because a lot of times the, the staff has just hired, you know, some of their new leasing agents, that type of thing. You've got to get them trained. Training takes time. And it, it does take time. And it takes a lot of observation of somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. And you know yeah. what the hell you're doing. You know, what ends up happening by the time you get to December or January, you've now got a, a, a trained staff that have seen, you know, the, professionals really go out there and do it. And, and I just, uh, if you've got a new lease up coming up, if you're, if you're an owner, an asset manager, maybe you're on a operating team and, and you've got a management contract on a, on a new lease up and you want to make sure that you're delivering for that client. I would certainly reach out to Willie and Victoria now because it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't make sense to, one for those folks that <laughs> that have ever tried calling you, even in August and September, it's kind of it's kind of like right now your phone is ringing off the hook um, or something immediate. So I would say give these guys give them power three four you know months in advance, kind of a heads up of hey we're thinking about using you guys right. That's just that's that's one big suggestion I would make to folks because everybody seems to be thinking about it last minute and uh, absolutely yeah yeah it's i mean to your point was i mean oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say it goes way more smooth if it's like most things if it's if it's planned out that way you've got you know time to to work with the management company and and anybody else that's on site or in the market to kind of let them understand who you are and what you're coming in and doing and you know like i said by the time you guys you hit your stride, you've got some, some great folks there that then know what they need to do so that when it's time for Empower to walk away from it, that staff's had the best training that they could possibly get and mentorship, honestly. Absolutely. No, and I was reading a quote, and I think it speaks to your point. Um, I think it said something along the lines of six months from now, you'll either have six months of excuses or six months of progress, right? You make the choice. And it's like, you, you decide where you guys want to be at the end of the leasing season or in anything, right? Like there's, there's so many different initiatives or different ideas or different things that we want to launch on, but just failure to, to no avail, right? It's, it's like, what are we doing right now that we could be thankful for tomorrow? And, um, you know, whether it's with us or whatever the case may be, I think what's most important is truly investing in the onsite team, truly investing in your people and putting whatever is necessary up front today instead of waiting till tomorrow to make the decisions because i mean a lot of times what you're looking for tomorrow doesn't happen right because we wait too late or we we finally decide to pull the trigger like you said earlier in may hoping to still lease up when we miss the majority of the leasing season I i think a lot of those conversations need to start now to your point we need to start thinking about what we're doing next year yesterday and really get ahead of it um think it proactively more than retroactively or yeah. reactively when the time comes. So, no, um, I appreciate that. All the kind words. Now I got big shoes to fill, Wes. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but no, well, uh, that project it was. A, it, I feel like it was a huge success, and I think the team got a lot of value out of it. Even after you know we're gone, um, you still kind of see some of the remnants of some of the things that we were able to leave behind. And uh, I still like to keep a pulse on the properties that we have had the opportunity to service and just kind of look out for them. And, you know, things have been phenomenal. It's, it's, it's been really empowering to me 
for us to be able to empower a lot of people in the industry. So it's, it's that's awesome. So let's talk about <laughs> empowering other people because I talked to, to you and Victoria kind of on a regular basis and it seems like you guys are always looking to hire somebody. Absolutely. And <laughs> I think that's kind of everybody in our industry these days. I mean, it is the, the great resonation or, or, or whatever we're calling it these days. <laughs> um, is that, has that helped you? Has it hurt you? What's, what, what's happening in that, in that arena for you? Uh, well, you know, to your point, um, we're always hiring. We're always looking for good talent. And I think that's because um, the type of work that we do, it always it's always going to require really good customer service, people that are passionate about the work that they do, people that love leasing, people that love marketing. And um, they like to travel around the country and help out many different markets, many different owners, many different property management companies, but still do the things that they love. And that's leasing, right? So we're always looking for really good people in the industry. I mean, anybody can come in and just hire somebody and put on a put on a sh and power shirt, right? And send them around. But we're really passionate about the quality of the work that we bring. That's why we like to keep our team relatively smaller because, um, you know, ingenuity gets lost at scale sometimes, right? So we like to keep a precise group of people that come in that know the leasing, they know the marketing, they know the sales, and not only do they know it, but I'm a, I'm a firm believer that, you know, once we're done and you go through the training that we do, you're never really a master at anything unless you're able to teach it at a fifth grade level, right? So yes, they know it, but when they go on the site, they're able to teach the leasing staff how to do the same thing that they're doing. So now we're multiplying not only the number of leases that we're bringing in, but the skill set, the confidence like everything that's going on at the site level everybody knows how to do it the way that we do on the way out right so we again we're looking for people that are passionate about the work because what we do it's not it's not easy but the reward is definitely there right um you get to see yeah. your reward instant gratification and in the people that you impact instant gratification i mean monetarily people you know they're happy with the commission that they that they get to make on the side of their hard work or on the other side of their hard work, but more importantly, the impact that you're leaving at the site for the client, for the people that we're bringing into the community as well, because a lot of our success is predicated on excellent customer service and uh, hospitality that we're able to bring in the form of creating an experience for somebody opposed to just throwing a, throwing a number at them and, hey, choose it, decide to live here if you want to, right? People, I think the a lot of aspects of the leasing process that kind of get lost in the weeds of the latest innovations and new trends, new things that are happening in the in the space, right? A lot of those practicality, like the fundamentals are still pure with Empower. And a lot of people come in and say, wow, this this is a different side of leasing that I haven't seen, right? And they, they just become really, really great at it. Well, you know, that, that's kind of a perfect way of kind of setting up the next question I wanted to ask you, you know, one, there's obviously a lot of potentially a lot of travel that's involved because you're going wherever you guys are, are needed. And so, you know, if I, if I'm currently a leasing manager or, you know, a leasing consultant and I'm like, you know what, I, the, the pay may be a little bit better under <laughs> this. And, you know, I'll let you talk a little bit about pay and how you do that with, with associates. Cause I know that's something you probably want to share, but then also what is it that, if, if I'm looking at, at reaching out to empower and like I said, I'm that leasing manager, I'm that leasing consultant that really loves what I want to, what I'm doing. And, you know, maybe I'm just not getting the, either the pay or 
maybe just the exposure that I want to get, you know, with the current company that I, that I'm with and I'm looking at Empower as possibly being something, you know, for my next career move. What, what do you tell that person? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, great question. Um, what would, what I would tell them personally is everything that you know about leasing right now, forget it. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, definitely have that framework, definitely have that, 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 like kind of a template of, you know, you know, the language, right. But come in with a blank slate, because I guarantee you, if, if you do, you're going to be a lot more acquiescent to some of the teaching that we put out there and everything, all the learning that we put out there is it's been tried. It's been true across the nation, right. In the toughest of markets to, you know, some of the more markets that need more training on, uh, you know, what is student housing in the first place, right? So we, we've tried it, it's true, um, and we see success all across the board, right, with these with these training habits. So coming in, people come in from, whether it's leasing manager stage, from uh, we've had people in like corporate leasing specialist positions, all the way to, you know, your uh, senior leasing consultants. They come in and I guarantee you every single time on the other side of the training, they're like, wow, there was something different. That, like this, this is, this is new. This is this is something that I didn't expect to to get right. I thought I knew leasing, but this really humbled me and it really it, it took me to the next level. And speaking of taking taking to the next level, a lot of people come in and the staff that we have here, they absolutely love working with us. They actually absolutely love working with the power. One because the investment's there. Two because to your point earlier, the the higher pay portion of it, right? They come in and they have a base salary, all contingent upon kind of where you are in the industry and. Kind of that experience but we make it we make it comfortable enough where you're not worrying about anything right you're still if, if you literally just get your base salary you you'll live a pretty a pretty comfortable life right like you won't have to worry about bills you'll be you know where your meal is coming from but on the back end of it what we're really passionate about is being able to give you that instant gratification and reward you for the work that you do so every single i mean you get commission on pretty much all the leases that you're able to provide at that property. So you do get a commission. You also get, there's a really in-depth like bonus structure that we have. So within your first assignment, you can absolutely, like you can get a promotion, which will add to a bump in your commission as well as a bump in your salary. And then, I mean, there's just a lot of opportunity for your growth and people who have left working with us immediately go into corporate um, positions working for your traditional property management company. Why? Because they become a master at putting a head in a bed. And not only are they good at it, but they're able to teach other people how to do it, which brings more value to the property management companies that they do go for. I won't be that I won't be the person that sits here and says that, you know, the travel um, consistently is for everybody as a lifer, right? But it's exciting, right? Um, people do like to get out. They like to go see the different cities, the Chicago's, the Houston's, the Austin's, right? Um, you know, going up to Washington or, you know, going down to Reno, whatever the case may be, they like to go experience different markets, see different communities, lease up with different properties, um, property management companies and ownership groups and become the sum of all things leasing while experiencing different cities on somebody else is done, right? It sounds like it's a, it's a win-win situation. We pay for everything, rental cars, we pay for a cell phone for them, a laptop for them. Um, as far as like flights, everything, you know, we pay for that, you take the points, pretty much everything is covered. They just come in and sharpen their knife and become the best leasing person that they, that they can be. Yeah. Right? I think it's, I think it's great experience for someone who wants to do more in this industry, be it on, on the student housing side or on the multifamily side. 
And it, I'm so glad you said what you said about coming in with a blank slate because here's the reality of it. I think a lot of, especially in our in our industry, I think there's a lot of order takers that that are yeah. sitting in you know the the front desk chairs. I'm not saying that's the case across the board. You know, if if you're the one that's out there getting it on campus every day, you know, passing out the flyers and having conversations with folks, you know, I'm not talking about you, but there are a lot of folks that, you know, the, the leasing agent is in this industry in a lot of ways is looked at as a, as an order taker and, yeah. and they're compensated as, as such as well. And to, to go in and be successful with empower, because what you're doing, what you and Victoria are doing is, is teaching them how to become rainmakers. And Absolutely. what I mean by that is not just going out and, you know, making something happen, not just going out and, and, and meeting people and talking to people, but it's kind of the full thing of, cause that's not just the actions. It's also the attitude behind it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's, that's just, that's an important part of what you guys are doing that, you know, it's not happening in the, you know, in the, in the training that companies are given to their, to their employees that are in those positions. But you guys know that this is something you've got to, those are the type of people you've got to work with people that can have that type of attitude. 100%. And you hit on a a really important point that I I, I preach all the time, right? There's a principle of high achievement, right? Be, do, have, right? And And the short version of it is be a little, do a little, do a little, have a little. But if you be a lot, you do a lot, you do a lot, you'll have a lot, right? It's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. But to your point earlier, the B speaks to your identity, right? The do speaks to your activity and the have speaks to your property, what you get on the back end. But you can't achieve the have, you can't achieve the 100% occupancy without showing your team who they need to become, the attitude, the mindset, the winning mentality, right? A lot of times people skip that step and they wonder why their training's not working because they just send tasks down to people and tell them what to do without showing them first who they need to become, right? And that's one thing that I'm really passionate about is really starting with the why first, starting with the mentality, showing them who they need to become and then showing them the action on the other side of it. And then once you know who you're supposed to be, your actions, your habits, your behaviors come on the other side of that, which then turns into the results. And uh, I can go deep into that. I could keep talking about it. But I'm, again, you hit it straight out the park, right? Um, it's, it starts with the person um, and really and really that training, not a task list. Well, you know, speaking of, of great people, um, <laughs> I, I want to get to our to our profile. The man himself. And yeah, and, and, and talk about Brandon Smith. And, and when I say people, I'm not to, I'm not just talking about him, but his entire team and, you know, the culture that they've been able to, to generate at Tailwind, you know, as they've gone through their growth period has just been, it's been really cool to sit back and, and watch it happen and talk to some of the folks that joined their team that have been in, you know, some of the, some of the other operators within our space and hearing from them what they, they love about Tailwind and specifically with, with working with Brandon is one of the reasons I wanted to to do this to do this profile and uh, yeah you you've listened to the interview anything anything stand out to you that you want to make sure you kind of give people a, a heads up to pay attention to 
Yeah, absolutely. A couple things. I mean, first and foremost, I'm really passionate about the idea of the way that you do anything should be the way that you do everything. And it's funny because I hear Brandon speaking on this interview and uh, he doesn't miss, right? From the very moment that I met Brandon to every engagement that I've met as like kind of, you know, people that kind of stem down that have the same interaction with Brandon, it's all stayed the same. I mean, I've met Brandon Back, I want to say it was September of 2019. I mean, the book literally just released, right? No pun intended, right? But uh, the book just came out. And for those, for those that don't know about the book, it's called <laughs> it's called releasing. And you can find it on Amazon. <laughs> Absolutely. So releasing just came out, and um, I mean, you and I, we have been working on the uh, student housing regional summits, right? And we'll, we'll travel around, and I would speak at those. But outside of that. No one really knew about releasing just yet until Brandon, he said, he, he messaged me on LinkedIn. He said, dude, I just got a copy of this book. I love everything in it. I want you to come speak at our event. Now, foreshadow, like I thought this was like, oh, yeah, in the next month or two. No, he was trying to book for about a year out. Right. So, so Brandon came in, talk about proactive. He wanted to book for, um, you know, a, a, a conference that he was going to have for his team. Um, just shy of a year from there, he was like, I'm doing this early because I don't want anybody to be, or I don't want you to be booked before that. But I mean, leading up to that point, Brandon, I mean, I met some of the Tailwind group at the Campus Connects event when you had your your, your dinner, um, the Student Housing Insight dinner with everybody, right? Everybody's like, oh my God, Willie, you're the one that's going to speak at our event. Or not everybody, but the people from Tailwind, they take a picture, they send it to Brandon. Same same concept of what happened just recently here um, at the LeaseCon event. It just shows that the level of intimacy, even though he's, you know, he's quote unquote a big wig, right? He's at the top or vice president of um, operations and development, but his people on the ground, whether it's, you know, in the regional capacity or the people working at the property level, they all know Brandon. They all emanate the same type of passion for the work that they do. And I mean, when he speaks to loyalty and how it starts from the investment in his people, you can see that he's not one that's afraid to roll his sleeves up and get in the mud, right? And, and work with the team. Um, and that's been something that we've been passionate about or that we've connected on since the moment that I talked to him. Um, there's also another piece in here where um, he was just, I just really appreciate how, you know, his story, right? Um, Brandon's talking about his story through the process. And, and that's one thing that I do really want to emphasize the fact is the process, right? Like he, he really dives into how he had to take a step back, right? Like this wasn't something that he was actually interested in doing, right? You know, one thing led to the next and, you know, he started at the ground level and climbed his way up to the top. And it reminds me of something that uh, Michael Jordan had said in an interview. He was like, maybe it's my fault. I made this look easy, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe I didn't glorify the fact that I'm working every day in the gym, that I've dedicated my whole life to this, right? Maybe it's my, it's my fault I've made this look easy. Brandon doesn't shy away from, you know, talking about the work that he had to put in, right? He had to start at the bottom and he climbed every single level and stay consistent. And he was loyal with the company. Then the company invested in him, trusted in him. And I mean, he, he takes those same traits from his upbringing and he, he sends it down to his team as well. And that's why Tailwind is making the traction that they're making right now. And that's why they're killing it. But I, I don't I think, know. I think, one, you know, one other thing that stands out for me is, you know, what he talks about with, you know, the guys he, he started working with, the principals at, at, at Tailwind, putting their, their trust in him. Absolutely. And knowing that he was going to, he was going to make some mistakes and, you know, he, he certainly, he you know, isn't uh, bashful in telling you, you know, some of the mistakes that he made. And 
you know, allowing them to do that, uh, you know, extend a little bit of grace and, you know, have a better attitude about it. Right. Yeah, and, absolutely. and learn from it. You know, I think that's because early on, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, you know, he's now reflecting that into, you know, how he's managing his team. And, yeah. and I think it just goes a long ways. And I think they understand that success isn't an absence of failure. Failure is part of that process, right? So they, they allowed him to scrape his knees a Absolutely. little bit, right? Um, but they also gave him the reassurance that if you do, we're going to have your back. And I think, again, to your point, that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? It's it's going down. It starts from the top. And now he's being able, he's able to reciprocate that, like you said, um, or, you know, kind of translate that back down to his on-site team and everybody on the operations side. So the guy's awesome. He's fantastic. I mean, don't take my word for it. You guys are going to hear it here on this profile. Yeah. 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 Well, let's cut to that interview and then we'll come back with a, a couple of takeaways and some big announcements. We've got a lot of things going on here at Student Housing Insight and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in the outro. You guys enjoy this. Brandon Smith with Tellweek. Well, Brandon, thanks so much for joining the podcast. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm great, Wes. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing good. Doing good. Um, so, uh, you know, in this profile series, we've talked to, you know, some some industry veterans for sure. You're a little bit different from the standpoint that, that Tailwind is fairly new to the student housing space, but you guys have made some big moves in 2021, took down, a, a, I think, a six-property portfolio from Graystar and, you know, I've really moved from, you know, being that, that, that small Minnesota group that, that's doing some really cool student housing in those markets to now you've got a national footprint. And, you know, I've, I've gone through that myself and I think there's been, you know, a couple of other companies of notoriety that have started that, that way. And so I really wanted to just spend some time with you to kind of, you know, capture how the journey has been at this point, what, you know, what are the things going through your mind as you're leading the operations team there. And so this is a little bit different from the other folks that we've highlighted, but I think it's very important because of where you guys are at right now. Um, so let's just, let's start with that. You know, what, what's been, what's been your journey, you know, give us the Brandon story, you know, what, how did, how did things intersect for you within student housing and, Let's just go from there. Yeah, sure thing. And yeah, thanks for having me. And, you know, having to see, uh, I had to follow uh, Miles Orth and Julie Bonin, you know, when you first <laughs> called me, I I had to make sure you actually did still want to talk to me. Um, you know, I think those two have probably forgotten more about student housing than I've ever known. So, uh, but me and you both, me and you both. Yeah. <laughs> do appreciate you having me on. You know, my story in student housing is is probably like most unplanned kind of by accident, you know, graduating uh, college in 2012. Uh, I went into the financial planning industry. Uh, I got my Series 7 license, my Series 66. I was kind of gung-ho. I'm going to build this big portfolio, yeah. do the financial planning thing. Uh, really enjoyed it. I did have a passion for it. Unfortunately, the firm I worked with uh, was, was kind of in the middle of a transition and, and a merger uh, where I didn't really see myself being a part of that. 
but first big lesson out of college, I had signed a non-compete contract uh, <laughs> that, that encapsulated, you know, 50 miles and uh, two years. So I had a year to burn off basically because I wasn't interested yeah. in moving. So the opportunity with Tailwind was really a, let's fill a gap for a year uh, so I can get back to doing my, my real career in financial planning. So I met with uh, the owners of Tailwind at the time. And, and at the time, it was actually just a company called Rent MSU for Minnesota State University. Gotcha. It hadn't really even gotten the Tailwind name yet. And they had a portfolio of oh, roughly 90 single family homes that they had converted and were renting out to Minnesota State students. And, you know, they just said, hey, we need a leasing agent. We need someone to sell these houses, fill the beds. We think you'd be good at it. I was actually just a 1099 contractor. So I just <laughs> kind of came and went, signed the leases and, you know, the rest is history. So they say, you I know you're working for a startup when they tend, when they ask you to yeah. be a 1099 <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that was another first, you know, out of college lesson. I didn't realize uh, I wasn't paying any tax on any of my paychecks. <laughs> you know, I thought I was just making all this money and commissions and uh, my first tax bill after that, I learned that lesson too. So yeah, I mean, I, at the time, I think I was maybe one of 10 employees uh, total. You know, the team was just in Mankato and, and we were just figuring a lot of stuff out. But, you know, I did that first year. I, I kind of got addicted to it. I loved sales. You know, sales has kind of uh, always been a thing I've had a passion for. So I did it again for a second year. And, you know, after that, Kyle and, and Reggie and Landon and Michael are the four owners of Tailwind. You know, they kind of started having discussions with me like, hey, we have a we have a vision for this thing, you know, that, that looks a little bigger than Mankato. You know, at the time they were looking to acquire some land in Iowa City. Uh, they were looking at a project in East Lansing, Michigan. And, you know, they said, if we have to grow, we're going to need some boots on the ground. We're going to need some people to oversee, make sure we're represented well in these new markets. Um, so they asked what I thought about that. Uh, so I became a project manager. And really what that meant was everything that needed to be done uh, in these new markets. I just uh, kind of had to figure out. So, yeah. I, I almost uh, moved to East Lansing. I mean, I would I would stay for 15 to 20 days at a time. I uh, slept on an air mattress uh, in one of the vacant apartments uh, at this property that we had acquired. We did about a $10 million renovation on it. So, you know, my role there was doing a lot of stuff that I really had no idea what I was doing. I was managing a general contractor. I was answering the phone because we had to let go of the whole staff there. So I was playing property manager, CA. I was trying to lease some units. Uh, I knew nothing about construction. I mean, it was truly overwhelming. But as I look back, you know, from today, I don't think that I get to where I am and, and have the opportunity to do what I do without that experience because it just forced, it forced me to do all these things and exposed me to all these different issues. And, you know, it was kind of sink or swim, honestly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I attribute so much of it to, you know, the owners of Tailwind. They put a lot of trust in me. I mean, an influential moment for me. I was probably there in my first or second month. And, you know, I was just calling back home every every hour. Hey, this is a problem. We got this going on. What do I do here? And I think it was Reggie who was running our operations at the time. You know, he basically just said, Brandon, we trust you. We wouldn't have sent you out there if we didn't trust you. You can start making these decisions on your own. If you mess up, we got your back. 
That's so um, important. And, and, you know, that was a big change for me. Uh, and I, I did, I did make mistakes. I scraped my knees a lot. I cost the company some money. Uh, you know, I did some things that I took some chances. Um, but again, just that really allowed me to grow. And, you know, they've taken that approach with a lot of the employees in our company. And I think it is what has allowed us to, you know, go from that, that small little 10 person company to, you know, grow to where we are today. So, you know, fast forward a little bit, you know, we did a few more projects like that. Um, you know, we started acquiring some more stable properties and, and continued to grow. Um, and, you know, that that's really where my journey kind of started, you know, leading up to where I am today. So. So talk a little bit about the name Tailwind. You, you mentioned it started out as Rent MSU. And, yeah. Um, yeah. That, yeah. So that correctly, there's kind of a story there. Yeah. That goes back a little further, you know, uh, before my time with the company. Um, so two of the owners, uh, Kyle and Reggie, uh, were actually both corporate uh, pilots. Uh, so they went to school for aviation. Uh, you know, they had the dreams fly for the airlines. And then uh, when 9-11 hit, uh, they actually both were laid off. You know, the airline industry basically uh, came to a complete halt. And as a, you know, a second source of income, uh, they said, you know, maybe we should look at flipping a house. Uh, They flipped a house. They turned one house into a rental kind of snowball effect from there. Uh, They partnered up with Michael. Michael was actually a banker up in Minneapolis, and he was financing a lot of their deals. And then Landon, the fourth partner, he was doing all the sales, uh, you know, leasing the deals, selling the deals. So at a certain point, the four of them, you know, just got together and said, hey, you know, what are we all doing here? Let's join forces. Let's get together. Uh, So Tailwind kind of comes from that aviation background. You know, it's a business term, too. But obviously, you always want to have a a wind at your back, keep propelling forward. So that is where the Tailwind group name comes from uh, with a little bit of aviation history. Uh, with two of the owners. Gotcha. Yeah, that no, that's a cool story and and yeah, neat neat background on how they they pivoted with things. So, yeah, that's that's really cool. So, I think, you know, that probably brings us up to 2018, 2019. At 2019's first time you and I met and it was at the Interface Conference in Texas. You'd reached out to me and just said, "Hey, enjoy in the podcast. Would love to to meet up and I don't know if we had drinks or, or just uh met in a conference room or something, but yeah, the story was, was really cool. And so over the past two years, it's been, it's been really cool seeing that growth and, you know, would love kind of, you know, kind of hear some of the things that you've learned and experienced over the past two years as you guys have been gearing up for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, after those, those first initial projects, that was 2016, you know, we started dabbling into some new markets, uh, you know, one property a year, two properties a year. You know, it was a mix of acquisitions, some value add opportunities. We did do two new ground up construction projects. So between, you know, 18, 19 into early 2020, um, we were obviously growing the team. We were growing our management platform, just really trying to figure things out. It was middle of 2020. uh, we, We had a meeting with the ownership group and you know, at that point, they were kind of acting as as heads of each department. You know, uh, Reggie was running operations and, you know, Michael was running finance and accounting. And it was kind of, you know, hey, we're at a we're at a tipping point here. If we're going to keep growing, we've got to get a we've got to get an employee leadership team put in place. 
you know, our owners are, are really entrepreneurial and visionaries. You know, what excites them and, and what they love doing is, you know, growing the business and, and building those new relationships. And we had hit a, a scale where we needed this, you know, leadership team in place that was, you know, a level between them and the rest of the company. So, you know, it was actually the end of 2020 uh, where I was appointed into my current role as vice president of operations and development. And that was just kind of ga- garnering, you know, off of the experiences I had picked up in the prior couple of years. So that led to, you know, I think the first six months of my job, uh, we had COVID start. So that was a great introduction to, to myself running the operations team. You know, a lot of challenges there and, and things to figure out. But since then, you know, just been growing the team a lot, adding, adding properties at Ohio State, uh, Indiana, uh, Purdue, uh, Oklahoma State, you know, just really been expanding outside of that typical places in the Midwest where we were to start. And, you know, that really led us up to, um, you know, building this senior leadership team that we have now. It's myself, it's uh, Lane Gravely, uh, Crystal Pierce, and Andy Hansen. You know, Lane is our president. Uh, Crystal runs our legal legal side and acquisitions and Andy's accounting and finance. And we're still working with the owners, you know, really a lot day to day, looking at new deals, uh, meeting once a week on our real estate committee and things like that. So, you know, are you been- guys, are, do you guys also have, you mentioned uh, doing some, some new ground up development. Do you guys have a, a development arm as well, or is that outsourced out to GC or? Yeah, we, we really just manage the development uh, from the owner side as far as, you know, concept and, you know, procurement of, of the site. But we do hire outside GCs, architects, everything. We, our gotcha. development department is, is basically our leadership team. We don't have any uh, employees focused on that. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of interested in, because your take on student housing has, has really kind of been you know, limited to the everything kind of post great recession. Right. And as you know, things have been on the, on the upswing coming out of coming out of the great recession and, you know, having that completely kind of outside look, you know, coming from, yeah, you did, you did that. You did have that on site experience, not necessarily, you know, on a particular community, but over scattered communities. And, and I think that's unique you know, in and of itself. I, I'm just kind of wondering, coming from that outside perspective and, you know, looking at, you know, how you guys are putting together the the portfolio now and the type of assets that you, you guys are focused on now. And then just, you know, kind of overall from a, a student housing industry, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges that, that you see facing the the industry and you guys specifically when it comes to the growth and, and just operating. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my perspective, of course, you know, started in, in a really small college town. So as we started to grow, you know, I was, you know, we kind of went through the amenity phase where, where everyone was trying to out amenity each other, you know, golf simulators and, and bigger pools and better pools and theaters. Um, yeah. So when we were, we were building, we were trying to compete with that. And, you know, in the last few years, you've seen that that big shift back to, you know, more of a, a functional student where, you know, they're focused on, you know, good Internet speed and, you know, studying, being a student, being involved in the community. And, you know, those amenities have, have kind of lost a little bit of luster. So, 
you know, I've, I've really seen that one part of the cycle. You know, I've, I've studied and listened to a lot of people who were, who were in it before that. And it's been fascinating to see the different cycles of student housing. But, you know, through it all, I'd say resiliency, you know, is, is, the, is a term that would describe it. I mean, you've been through that 2008, 2009 period. I'd say you've pretty much stood up to COVID and, and came out strong from there. So, you know, as an industry, I think, you know, everyone's really confident and, and feels it's a, it can weather, you know, pretty tough times. As far as challenges operationally, I mean, what we're dealing with right now, I don't think is different than anyone else. You know, finding, finding good workers is hard. Yeah. You know, we've had maintenance positions open for three months, four months, six months on properties. Uh, you know, finding a porter, finding a technician, you know, so finding certain areas of work is tough. You know, keeping employees is also tough. It's a really competitive industry. You know, in some of these markets, there's 25 competitive student housing properties. And if one of them's looking for a property manager, you know, there's 24 other properties you can start looking for right in that town. So, you know, building a, a loyal employee base and, and keeping the talent you do have is, is certainly a challenge as well. I think keeping up with technology is going to be a, an ongoing thing. I actually thought about that, that Larry David commercial uh, from the Super Bowl. The Super I don't know Bowl, if you, yeah. if you saw that one, you know, all the great innovations of time. And he's the guy saying it's a stupid idea and it'll never work. I mean, I think I think there's some aspect to that in student housing, you know, whether you like the change or not, there's there's things that are changing, you know, self-guided tours, you know, virtual tours, Um I mean, I, I don't really understand the metaverse, but I don't know, maybe we'll be signing leases on the metaverse soon. I, I don't really. But, you know, you're going to have to keep up because the students that we're leasing to, they're going to be, you know, 18 to 22 years old, no matter what, no matter how old we get. So, you know, you're going to have to keep up with those ever changing trends. And, and I certainly think that's going to be a challenge for all operators. The big question is, if you sign a lease in the metaverse, does it still work outside of the metaverse? <laughs> still legal I wish, outside of the metaverse. I wish I understood it better. I'd, I'd probably have a better answer, but um, you know, <laughs> I could hardly get the microphone set up for this podcast. So I'm just not. I'm not your guy for technology. <laughs> well, yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit about. I want to hit a little bit on what you were talking about with you know recruiting employees and trying to to retain employees, obviously, because it is a competitive market out there. And when I think about a new company that, that's coming up and, you know, being the size that you guys are now, I mean, you just broke into the top 25 this year uh, and, and you've had, you know, a lot of growth surrounding that. I'm just kind of, uh, kind of wondering, you know, what is it that, because uh, I think, you know, other property managers that are out there are looking for, um, you know, if, the, if this is a career thing for them, they're going to want to, you know, move into a regional manager position or into some type of traveling position. Are you guys at that point right now where, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's guys the limit as far as potential growth that an employee has, or do you really contend with folks looking at, Hey, if I want to have growth, I've got to go to a, you know, a bigger company. Where do you kind of see yourselves with that right now? Yeah, I mean, I think I think being a smaller company, being a newer company, there's certainly more opportunities for growth. You know, we just don't have this robust corporate team or structure built out, you know, like a lot of people in our industry do. Um, you know, we've certainly added a bunch of pieces in the last two to three years. Um, 
but you know, a lot of opportunities still, as long as we're going to continue to strategically grow and add beds, which is our plan. You know, I think the best way when I think about recruiting talent and retaining, and it's, it's nothing, you know, groundbreaking. We didn't, we didn't figure out something that no one else knows, but you know, if you want employees to be loyal to you, you got to invest in them, you know, first, um, you know, and investing in them means, you know, actually caring about them, asking questions, you know, what's going well for them. Um, you know, what do you, what do you want to see out of your role? You know, it's so easy to just put people in boxes, you know, you're the property manager, you're the leasing manager, this is what you do. And this is your career path, you know, cause there's kind of a, there's kind of a standard, you know, life cycle in student housing, you know, you go from a leasing manager to an RSM, to an APM, to a PM. And, you know, I think you, you give loyalty first and you invest in your employees first, you know, I think you can weather the storm of, of other people, you know, coming in. I always talk to my, my leadership team and my, you know, my regional manager's sales team. I push them, you know, you should, you should be trying to build a team that, you know, enjoys working with you so much, enjoys working for Tailwind so much that, you know, they're, they're not even looking to leave. And even if opportunities come, you know, they're, they're satisfied where they are and they know that they have an opportunity. And, you know, I think we've, we've kind of built that. Um, we have a corporate staff of about 40 people. Um, I actually looked this up before 18 of them started on site. So almost 50%. And if you count yeah. our owners, I guess it's more cause they all worked on a site at one point. So, yeah. you know, over half of our corporate team up to senior leadership, you know, accountants, HR, IT, uh, you know, they started as leasing managers or CAs or property managers. And we've had a lot of opportunities to, you know, they've grown with tailwind and, you know, we want to continue to have those opportunities, um, for people. So, you know, that's how, that's how I view growth. You know, there's a lot of opportunities. I think there is a, a risk when you're so small, you know, there are a lot of promotions and upward advancement available quickly. And as you grow, um, you know, that obviously slows down a little bit. So it can create kind of a false impatience, like, Hey, I've, I've been a leasing manager for 18 months now. And, you know, I filled my property, you know, what, what's next for me? Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's pretty normal in the industry to, to be in a role for, you know, three years, five years or longer. So um, it's just keeping people challenged, keeping them engaged. And I think if you do that, you know, you can weather those recruiting and retention problems. Yeah. Any any advice to, you know, those those site managers um, that may be currently working for you or you know, maybe they're at a similar size company? Maybe they're at a bigger company and, and they see you know, Hey, I, I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere here. We're kind of tapped out on how big we're, we're going to be. And, you know, someone's got to leave the company in order for me to step up. And so, you know, they may be looking at a, a, a company like Tailwind and, and saying, okay, what are these guys about? Maybe there's some opportunity there. What, what kind of things are you looking for, you know, from, uh, you know, from, from that type of future recruit or, or even internally, you know, what kind of feathers in their cap, so to speak, you know, are you looking for in order to consider them for that? Yeah. Great question. Actually copying, I, I did listen to Julie's podcast. You know, we, it's actually something that we tell uh, our property managers. We want you to be the CEO of your property. I think it's great advice. You know, and I think we have about 25 properties, you know, we tell them we've got, you know, 25 small business owners, CEOs, you know, that's your property 
run it like it's your own. So I love that. We use that with our property managers as well. You know, when I go on sites and, you know, I'm lucky enough that, you know, we have few enough that I can, I visit them all once or twice a year still at a minimum. You know, what I'm looking for in a property manager, it's just someone who has a pulse on everything that's going on. You know, I just think it's blatantly obvious uh, when there's a property manager who is meeting with their maintenance staff every day, they're meeting with the Mm -hmm. leasing team every day, they're meeting, you know, with the person working on collections, you know, they just have a great pulse of what's going on versus a manager who might be getting all their tasks done, but they're doing it with the door shut. You know, it's just very clear to me. And and it's clear, you know, because you can see how the team works together in that aspect. So, you know, we're looking for property managers who want to be highly engaged with their team. You know, I know you can get all your audits done and your financials done and your budget variances done. And, you know, you might be checking every box, but, you know, if you're not engaging with your team, getting them excited about what they're doing, uh, being willing to help, you know, some of our best property managers, you'll find them out picking up garbage, you know, cleaning up dog poop, you know, helping call those guarantors for the, the accounts that we're not collecting rent on. You know, I just think you earn the trust and the buy-in of your team so much quicker uh, if you're willing to, to get your hands dirty a little bit and get on their level and do what they're doing. You know, that, that's from a property manager perspective. That's the most simple thing that I would give advice on is you're in charge of the property. If you're the CEO, you know, that means everything is your job. You know, you don't have, well, no, my leasing manager handles that or, you know, my, my resident services manager handles that. I don't, I don't do that. I mean, if you, if you really want to take ownership and get to the next level, you know, you're invested in everything and, and you're a part of everything on some level. So yeah, that's, that's really my, my biggest advice for any level of property manager. Yeah, that's, that's so key. And I think it's a top down thing too, because I've seen, you know, I've seen your posts on, on LinkedIn and, you know, I've had conversations with some of your site managers, certainly some of your folks that are on your regional and corporate team. And they all say the same thing. Brandon expects a lot, but he knows what's going, what's going on in our life. Like, you know, if it's regardless, if it's on the, on the personal side or if it's something that, you know, is just, you know, happening with those weekly tasks that they've got to get done. You know, they've always talked about how, how you seem to be very in touch with that and, and ready to, you know, ready to put somebody up on a pedestal when, when they've deserved it. And, you know, like, like you said, I think that's, um, it's obviously something if you're going to be the CEO of your, you know, of your own property, you've got to be, you've got to be structured that way. It's not something that, you know, I think there's a lot of folks that have become that way because maybe they've got some, uh, you know, maybe they were kind of raised, you know, in a family that way and it kind of comes natural or, uh, you know, there's been some other kind of life experience, but, you know, if you haven't been in that role, you really have got to, you got to structure you know, your, your work life that way so that you're, you're giving the folks the attention that they need. So, so yeah, that's really cool. Well, Hey, anything on the horizon for, for Tailwind or for you personally here in 2022, we're, we're almost through the first quarter now. So yeah, (laughs) anything you guys are teeing up? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have a a little bit of a hangover in, in Q1 here. You know, you, you briefly mentioned, you know, we did take down a, a six property portfolio from Graystar last year. That was about 4,100 beds. You know, we're 
which brought us from about 8,500 to almost 13,000 in a year. Or so we had a really busy year and, you know, kind of hit the reset button here in quarter one and evaluating. And we've actually done a couple dispositions in the last few months on, on deals that hit about the five-year mark uh, of the life cycle yeah. that we were able to, uh, you know, get a good return for on those. And I'd say the pipeline is is really full. It's just evaluating, you know, I think we were one of the more active in 2021 uh, when a lot of other people were kind of waiting and seeing, you know, what was going to play out with COVID and things like that. And I think 2022, there's a lot of people raring to go looking for deals. There's a lot of capital in the market, you know, that needs to be placed. So I think it's going to be a lot more competitive year um, on the acquisition side. And that just means, you know, more strategic on the, on the acquisition strategy. So we've got probably 10, 15 deals that we're looking at right now, nothing close enough to discuss, but I'd say our appetite is similar, you know, adding five to seven properties, you know, 3,500 to 4,000 beds. That's kind of our internal goal uh, for growth for the year. Uh, so we're excited about that. You know, just kind of it just made the connection here because prior to, to us hitting record, you mentioned that uh, that your wife is, is, you know, back on the road after having, is it your first child or? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So congrats. And you, so you became a dad in 2021 20, and you guys had, went from 8,500 beds to, to 13,000. Yeah, it was a, a it was a busy year and, you know, we strategically planned the acquisitions, you know, right around the time of the birth, of course. So of course, yeah, I uh, had Lincoln as our son. He's uh, just turned eight months old. Actually tomorrow he'll be eight months old. And yeah, mom just went on a trip to Napa Valley with her mother. Uh, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I am uh, making my debut as a uh, taking care of him alone. And I've survived two days, and everything's going good so far. Uh, so yeah, t- 2021 was a great year. Uh, you know, personally, of course, uh, because of that. And you know, for Tailwind, you know, not just the not just the bedroom count growth. Of course, that's a that's a big deal. But you know, just all the the people we were able to add to our team and you know, grow our team. It, it makes me feel, you know, you kind of said it, we're, we're pretty new in the industry. I, I feel like new kids on the block. There's a lot of connections that I follow these people and I listen to these people I haven't had the chance to meet. And I've actually, unfortunately, I've missed Interface the last two years. I guess two years ago, it got canceled. And last year I was, you know, home uh, when my son was born. So well, Interface will tell you it didn't get canceled. But oh, it did go. Vir- it did go virtual. Sorry, sorry. you can redact which, my comment there. I, I apologize. <laughs> which, which kind of felt like it was, uh, it was canceled. But it was, you know, it, being being virtual is just not the same. So, yeah. yeah. So you know, we're we're looking to you know, um, you know, be a lot more involved in things like that uh, in 2022. You know, as we've kind of jumped into that you know, with other management companies and ownership yeah. groups. So we're really excited for that. You know, I think this industry is really cool in the sense, you know, I've, I've had conversations with a few, you know, Alex O'Brien from Cardinal has reached out. We've chatted a few times and I just think it's cool. Uh, you know, it's a very competitive industry where we're going at each other on leasing and, and trying to be the best. But, you know, there is a sense of we're all kind of have each other's back too. And, you know, everyone's, you know, looking to, to make each other better and help each other out. So, really fun industry to be a part of. And, you know, we're certainly looking forward to continue to grow our footprint and, you know, keep making these connections around the country. Yeah. 
Well, hey, one thing, and, and I didn't prep you for this question, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. You know, we've covered a lot of the name, image, and likeness stuff that's been going on with the uh, with the NCAA schools, and I did a uh, kind of an interactive panel on it um, when I was at LeaseCon, and you had three of your folks there that's on the on the regional or portfolio level marketing and leasing team for you guys. And they could have, you know, I could have just given them the microphone because they're like the only, you guys are like the only group. I don't want to say you're the only group that's, that's moved forward with, with doing NIL stuff, but you've done some really cool, notable things with it. Just, you know, would love to kind of get your feedback on, on how that's been. And if you got any warnings or something that you would give the, the rest of your colleagues about. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I know, uh, you know, Devin and, and Paige and Caitlin, they said they had a great time with you, by the way. Sorry, I missed it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad they represented well. They did. Um, they did. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I coming from an athletic background, you know, I did play football in college. Okay. Which was always, this was really intriguing to me, you know, right away and thinking about all the possibilities, you know, I, it was, it was just something where I said, you know what? I don't know if it's going to work or not, but let's let's be the first to go out there and do it. Um, let's just take some chances. And, you know, we, we were fortunate, you know, how I feel about partnering with athletes. I think it's important that they actually live at your property. I mean, I know you can go get out your checkbook and I can pay anyone to make an Instagram post or, you know, show up at our clubhouse for an event. Yeah. I think it's so much more authentic and real uh, if they actually live at your property. So that's step one for me. And we are fortunate enough. You know, we have nearly the entire Iowa State football team lives at our property in Ames. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the Ohio State football team lives at our property in Columbus. Uh, so we have a, a big player pool to work with. And, you know, we simply approached, uh, you know, Iowa State as our example. We had the starting quarterback. We had the starting running back. We had the receiver. Um, and we just approached them and said, hey, guys, you know, I know there's a lot of people coming at you, but, you know, you already live here. You already pay us rent. Um we're not asking for much. You know, you already hang out at the pool. You already hang out at the clubhouse. How would you feel about, you know, making it more of an official advertising for us? And, you know, they were they were excited because they actually enjoy living there. So, um, you know, we we went through some legal stuff with them. Uh, we signed up about five players. And, yeah, it, I honestly think it was really successful. We pre-leased to 100% at that property for the first time uh, in its four years. I wouldn't say it's all attributed to that, but I think it was helpful. That was in Columbus um, or Ames? That was uh, Iowa State and Ames. Gotcha. Yep. gotcha. And, you know, the the quarterback made a post. He was tossing a football at the pool. I remember and he just kind of kind of did a testimonial, you know, if you're in if you're in Ames looking for a place to say, I couldn't recommend it more. I've lived here for three years. And the very next day, uh, two girls came in, they signed a two bed. And the leasing manager at the end said, what brought you in today? And they're like, oh, we saw we saw Brock Purdy's Instagram post. So, That's I cool. mean, what what we paid him was paid for with that those two leases uh, and some. So, uh, you know, we just took some chances with them and, you know, we had a good relationship and experience with them. And, you know, they've all graduated, a handful of them going to the NFL next year. And, you know, they've kind of passed on, hey, talk to this guy next year. He's going to be living here. And, you know, we're kind of starting a legacy with that, you know did some similar things at Ohio state. So I don't think we did anything too crazy. Um, we just were fortunate. We have athletes that already live at some of our properties and, you know, just kind of 
stuck our neck out there and, and made a deal with them. And I think it worked out really well. Well, fantastic. Yeah. You're going to kind of be my resident NIL person at this point. Cause yeah, um, happy I, to. everybody's talking about it, but I think everybody, everybody got to that point where they were ready to pull the trigger and, you know, for whatever reason, felt like the risk didn't make sense. Some of it was, you know, they're still still trying to get their head around, you know, what's the best way to to utilize this. So it was cool for you guys to just jump in head first and uh, yeah, love love seeing that Instagram post because I think that was I think that was probably the first one that I that I saw. So. Well, Brandon, again, thanks for your time. I know you're super busy and time is limited and especially on a on a week where you've got, <laughs> you've got your newborn to yourself and and juggling all of that. So really appreciate the time. And I think our audience is certainly better for it. Uh, if there's if they want to reach out to you to either drop their resume to you or have some other questions, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. So my email is. Uh, B Smith uh, at the tailwindgroup.com. You can reach out to me there, you know, really for any, any inquiries, whether on site colleague in the industry or, or anything like that available anytime. And appreciate you having me on Wes. I've been a fan of the podcast, you know, since we met a few years ago and have enjoyed getting to know you and honored to have uh, to, to get to talk with you today and appreciate you asking me. Oh, well, thanks. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, appreciate the time. Well, great. I appreciate it, Brandon. All right. Thanks. Well, again, a big thanks to, to Brandon for giving us some time and, and, you know, opening up and sharing with us, you know, what his journey's been about and what it's been like and, and some of the folks that have been a part of it along the way too. So, Again, thanks for thanks for your time, Brandon, and I think we're all better for it. So, Willie, back to uh, back to leasing you go, huh? Yes, indeed, man. Back in the back in the woods, <laughs> about to strap on the boots, go get in the market with the team right now. So, really excited to be working with everybody and uh, get man. Honestly, uh, after hearing Brandon's story again, makes me want to run through a wall. So, no, I'm excited. This is this is going to be a good time. Well, hey, I want to tell everybody really quick about something that we're launching. I mentioned, Greta and I mentioned in one of the last podcasts that we've relaunched our our website. We've got a redesign that's happened with that. So if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. And, and Greta built it. She did a fantastic job. Uh, if you if you haven't met Greta, she's been in this industry for, for a little bit, um, to say the least. And she's going out on her own with Fetch Marketing. She's also a, a big part of what we do here at SHI and part of the team. She's uh, she's kind of our chief maker of all things, as she likes to say. <laughs> and uh, and she she made her new website and it, it looks fantastic. So so go check that out. Additionally, there's there's two things I need to to tell our listeners about. One, our our audience, I'm so impressed by you know, who they are, their mentality, what they do, and, and why they do it. And what I love most is they love helping other people. And so we really wanted to give everybody a platform to to do that for us all to help each other within this industry. And uh, we had launched something a couple years back called the SHI Community that was on our, it's kind of a forum on our website that that did a lot of that. 
But as we were <clears throat> redesigning the website, we said, you know what, this needs to be, that needs to be an app, not just some form on a website that you have to open up your laptop. You know, we're, we're doing so much out in the field and on our phones these days that we said, this has got to be a mobile app. So we have launched the SHI Connect app. If you go to your, your um, app store, Google Play, you'll, you'll see that in there. If you search it, feel free to, to download it. We are doing kind of a phased approval process of folks. You can also go to, uh, well, there's two places you can go to, to to get more information on it. You can go to connectshi.com. Again, that's connectshi.com, and it's a landing page showing some screenshots of, of the app and uh, a place where you can sign up to to get notified of when it will be available for yourself. We're recording this on March 14th, and our plan is that by April 1st, we'll have um, everybody approved on it. So, and so if you're listening to this app after April 1st, just go search it in your app store and we'll, we'll get you approved right away. And if you're listening to it before, again, you can, you can go to the, uh, to the app store. You can go to connectshi.com. You can also just go to studenthousinginsight.com and scroll down on the homepage and you'll see uh, an area there where you can click on SHI connect and it'll take you to that to that sign up page there as well. So any way you can get a hold of us, you'll be able to get a hold of um, the sign up for SHI Connect. But this is an app that I'm super excited about. Willie, I know you've seen it. You've already been playing around with it. You're oh, one of our beautiful. beta testers. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and and you know, our, our whole hope and desire with it is really just to give a platform for people to in this industry to help each other. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there, there's so much that we're kind of doing on our own, you know, without, uh, you know, the, there's some things that the the multifamily industry and the rest of the real estate industry really can't help us with. We got to find these answers ourselves. And so, you know, regardless if it's, if you're, you're operating a property, if in you're part of the management team, if you're part of a C-suite, a be it on the development and ownership side, or if it's, you know, at a, at a property management company, this is the place that you need to get plugged into. We're all coming together here to, to help each other. We've got several groups that you can be a part of once you're enrolled and, and can elect to, to become a part of and, and can help those different groups with the things that they're doing. So everything from DEI to brokerage, um, uh, there's a, there's a place there for you, a group there for you to, to help you with what you're doing. So, Make sure you go check that out. Again, doing a launch on April 1st, uh, public launch on April 1st. So go ahead and get signed up for that now. One other thing, for those of you, especially on the executive side, know about the student housing industry call um, that's been happening monthly since. It uh, started out as a weekly call back when the pandemic hit. And in a lot of ways, it was just for the executives and the C-suites of all the operating companies and some of the ownership groups to come together and talk about how we're going to get through this pandemic together. And so there was a lot of sharing of ideas, making sure that everybody was in the loop with, with certain policies. And that's continued to continue to happen. Um, uh, we talked about this on, on our podcast with uh, Miles Orth and because Himself and Chris Richards were uh, with Core Campus or Core Spaces was really kind of the 
they, they've been the two that have really been keeping this going and taking the lead on that. Uh, we had some discussions and we said, you know, one, we're going to have to get some other leaders to start um, taking over for, for miles and Chris, cause they've been doing this for about two years. So that's one thing I'm helping them with. And then we also said, let's just let SHI host this call and, and take that administrative burden off of those industry leaders. And so, cause again, we're all about helping folks here. And, and so we're, we're doing that. And, and I want to stress, this is not going to be a SHI call or webinar. This is going to be an industry webinar that SHI is hosting. So if you want more information on that, please also go to our website, studenthouseandinsight.com. You'll see, I believe it's a, um, a little bubble. I don't have it in, up in front of me or a separate tab where you can go and sign to, to get that information. And just really quick with that. Uh, this has been something that's been a little bit more closed off and just having executives and, and C-suite members be a part of it. But the group, the leadership group really wanted to expand this out to, to everybody within student housing. So regardless if you're at the site level or if you're the CEO, uh, we want you to be a part of, of what we're doing there and, and dialing in each, uh, each month to listen to, to what's going on within the industry. So Again, you can go to studenthouseandinsight.com and get more information on that. Willie, thanks so much, man. Thank you for having me, Wes, again. Um, you guys, download Student Housing Insight Connects, man. It's awesome. It's a marriage between LinkedIn and Instagram. I told Wes all we need now is my MySpace. You know, get, get or get, not MySpace. Yeah, yeah. Give me my MySpace music in the background so I can have my... <laughs> my intro um no but it's fantastic uh, the the interface you know the layout everything it's easy to use user friendly i'm excited about it can't wait to see you guys all in there and uh yeah this has been fantastic wes thank you hey so if you do want to put a little video together with some background music you can make a post and pin it to your profile from what i understand oh snap and so anybody that goes to your profile that's going to be pinned at the top and so whatever uh you know, what, what's your theme song, Willie? I, I got a feeling that in your head, when you go into a new building, you've got a theme song that. <laughs> you know, immediately when you ask that, all I do is win. That's all I heard. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. No, I don't know. Um, I'm still working on that. What about you? What's going to be yours, Wes? I feel like there got to be something there. Oh, man, the older I get, <laughs> the more that changes, but. You know um, what it is? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't know that I'm willing to share that on the podcast just yet. The man, the myth, the legend, Wes Steves. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Go, uh, go get some leases as uh, right. as uh, Jake Jarman with um, with Redstone always tells us, folks. Go get me some leases. <laughs> go get me some leases. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right, Wes. Have a good one.